On today's episode of Talkin' Tom, we're revisiting the world of toys with Toy Story 2, starring my best friend Tom Hanks. Toy Story 2 is a 1999 computer-animated comedy directed by John Lasseter and co-directed by Lee Unkrich and Ash Brannon, and is Tom Hanks' very first film sequel. There's tons of new toys to talk about, truly unparalleled animation for 1999, and it almost didn't even happen. Stay tuned to find out why. You are a toy! My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. Welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Tom, the Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies, and then we talk about them. I always have so much time to prepare to say something there, and every time I freeze. And you just freeze. don't. Uh, my name's Josie. I'm Daniel. And we are two of Tom Hanks's estranged children. No, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> don't make that joke. I would, that would be very confusing. Um, if he was like my dad and also my number one crush. Oh, Yeah. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But that's now canon. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought of something. I listened to this other podcast um, called Hollywood Handbook, and they call their fans in a few episodes handbook heads, and I feel like I ripped that off, but I didn't. I feel like attaching heads to the end of things is is like... It's just alliteration. Yeah. It's good stuff. (laughs) Anyway... Well, we watched, we watched Toy Story 2 today. Yeah, we did. It was great. It was awesome. Um, before we talk about the movie, though, I feel like we should talk about like what's been up. Oh, yeah. I jumped. I really jumped ahead, as per usual. It's fine. You're just trying to get this over with. <laughs> I need you out of my home. <laughs> so we, the last episode that came out was our one-year anniversary episode. It was for You've Got Mail. Hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. 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 Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, what'd you do? Did we talk about um, this already? I'm sure we did. I think we had, I don't remember if I had my definitive plans now. We we had we went to a friend's house, had a big friend's giving type of thingy. How about you? What was you? the best thing you ate? Um, it's going to be very egotistical, but it's the thing I made. What was it? It's this, this bean dish. It's like pork and beans and turkey or beef and um, pull a sausage and maple syrup and brown sugar. It is a like calorie filled concoction none of which you can eat i'm sorry that's fine <laughs> i've literally it's invented that it's like untouchable um but i only make it once a year it's my aunt's recipe that she passed down to me and okay. uh i do love it um yeah but there, and there's a lot of great pie i don't know it's, yeah it's great it's a good holiday it is it's a great holiday yeah what did you do i went up to seattle and then i saw some friends and oh my yeah yeah i had a great time you're from Seattle. Ish, yeah. Do you think that has sway in your love of sleepless in Seattle? Because you like could live that you have you have like a deep spiritual connection to that place. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I won't I won't pretend that it doesn't. Okay. Um I like that you're honest about it. Yeah, but I mean uh, there are many reasons to love the movie other than that it's just yeah, you only love it. You can only love it if you're from there. It happens. Yeah. Well, have you seen Toy Story 2 before? Yeah, I saw it in theaters as a small You saw it in child. theaters? I remember seeing it in theaters. Oh, boy. I saw the first one in theaters, too. 
What do you think is the first movie you ever saw in theaters? I know this answer actually. It was one. It was the re-release of the animated version of 101 Dalmatians. What? Uh, it's before they put out the live action ones. They re-released it. I don't remember this. But my my parents have told me. Um, How old were you? I must have been, what three? Aww. Hold on, I can confirm this. Jumps to the internet. 101 Dalmatians. I spell Dalmatians. Re-release. 19. I'll just put those and hope for the best. Um, psh, heck if I know. Oh, 1991. Okay, so I would have been, I would have been one. Oh my God. Uh, so I definitely don't remember that. My parents told me that they, they took me to that. I wonder if you as a baby, like, appreciated films as much as, like, grown up you does. I like to think so. Like you were sitting so still in the movie and, like, didn't cry or anything. Yeah, I would not want to ruin the experience for anyone else. <laughs> My mom used to tell me that, you know um, how at the beginning of some movies they'll play like a Please Be Quiet or something? Yeah. And then, you know, at the end of The Simpsons there's like, dun 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 dun, and then the guy's like, shh. That is not how the song goes, but. Uh, re- I've never seen an episode of The Simpsons. Are you kidding? I've never seen one. Oh boy. Well this, that, oh my. Uh, okay. Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> well, this means nothing to you, <laughs> but my mom used to tell me that uh, that shush sound, which for some reason I thought happened in real movie theaters, mm-hmm. it was like kids like getting you get like taken away from your parents if you. Uh, That's a smart play. Movie. What, when, have you seen? You seen this? Have you seen this? I can't speak. Have you seen this movie before? I thought so, but I haven't. Okay. I mean, I the ending I did not remember at all. Like everything about cool. the airport. Yeah. <laughs> so. I I guess I only saw Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 3. I've never seen the second one. They don't really... I mean, I guess you got to know where the people came from, but the movies don't really require you to know. Yeah. Because they kind of bring up the... There's like a lot of like jokes from the last one that they, they come back, but I feel like you could go into one fresh yeah. and still get like the full experience. You were kind enough to remind me... You did a little recap for me. Oh, of the first one? Yeah, right before yeah. we started the movie. Oh, we didn't talk about your huge, big new thing. Oh... Yeah, I'm an idiot. I bought a new TV. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to sound like a, it just sounds like a humble brag, but yeah, I got a TV. It's awesome. It's, I mean, I've raved about your movie situation before, but you had a piece of crap before. I mean, what a dump. What can I say? This you thing. Know? Oh my God, it's like I'm inside the movie. I just wanted to make sure that I never had to leave. <laughs> and that no one would ever be like, why don't we watch it at my place? They'd be like, oh, we should come over. I, yeah. I mean, damn. Really, ultimately, it's going to save me money from having to like drive to places. Yeah. If you think about it. You can just That's host on. viewing parties. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, we know the graphics have increased from Toy Story 1 to Toy Story 2. Yeah. Increased? Is that like a measurement? That's not... No, that works. <laughs> they like doubled the graphics. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm sure we're getting too ahead of ourselves. Sum up this movie, Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. For people who haven't seen it. The sequel to Toy Story 1. Mm. So That's it's just it. more, more toys. Just... More stories from the toys. Yeah. So this one, I, I had kind of forgotten where this takes place in the Toy Story timeline. This yeah. one seems like pretty quick after the first one. It does. Because Andy's little sister's still small. Uh-huh. They've just moved to the house. At the end of the first movie, we saw them at Christmas, and we saw like Miss, Mrs. Potato Head was got, and a dog was got. Yeah, that, that little buster. That's not right grammar, but whatever. Um, so I don't know how long this picks up, but Andy's still a young kid. Still loves all of his same toys. There's no new toys in the beginning 
that has been added. It's everything from Christmas, but like it's his normal collection. And the basic plot is uh, Andy accidentally rips Woody, and he's about to go to cowboy camp. Andy is, and he wants to take Woody, but Woody gets damaged, so he leaves Woody behind. And he leaves, and then Woody has like an existential crisis. And um, in this crisis, he meets an old toy of Andy's. Um, what's the squeaky man's name? Wheezy. Oh yeah, squeaky man, squeaky penguin. Um, and Andy's mom's having a yard sale. She gathers up old toys and takes Squeaky outside to be to be given away because he's broken and old. And uh, Woody goes to rescue him, and in the process, Woody gets kidnapped by Al from Al's toy barn, who's a greedy toy collector. Mm. And um, a bunch of the toys uh, team up to go save Woody. That's kind of the plot. I feel like the movie kind of asks a question about value, like what is a toy worth if it? I mean. And it's not even about toys, really. It's, like, about you yourself. Like, how do you find worth? Yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah. Worth and, like, family and, I don't know, growing up. Yeah. It's... I always forget how good of a job these types of movies do at, like, pulling at the part of your heart that wants to watch cartoons again. It's sort of... I feel like that's why Pixar, especially in this era and continuing on for like the next 10 years, succeeded because they make these great films that are, you can watch on just face value of like exciting, great to look at, fun adventures, but are not even really, I used to think subtly, but not even really subtly Mm -hmm. about like all of these questions we have as we grow up. Yeah. Especially Toy Story. Yeah. Like, the first one seems to be sort of about identity, and I think this one continues that, but in a way that's, like, where do I belong? And when I grow out of where I belong now, like, how do I find my next path? Yeah. Yeah, what is my purpose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's, I always, like, I, I show up, and I'm like, hey, we're gonna watch a kid's movie today. Yeah, I can chill story. out. Yeah. And then, and then I get Jesse's origin story, and I'm just left with... Just yeah. a puddle of tears. I wonder, I can't remember, because I think it's Toy Story, then Bugs Life, and then this. And I can't remember in Bugs Life if there's a moment quite like that, but I feel like this sort of starts Pixar's trend where they have one scene that's just built to wreck you. Wait, what happens in, I don't think I've ever seen a Bugs Life. A Bugs Life is just like a retelling of Seven Samurai, and I don't think it has a scene quite like that. Also a thing I don't know. <laughs> but there's like just like that one, like Jesse's origin song in this oh. that's just built to make you feel... Yeah, is that like a Sarah McLaughlin original? Yeah, I think Randy Newman wrote it, but for Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> it's and, actually uh, her. That it is actually it. her, yeah. <laughs> and it's so like... I mean, it's you certainly get to like the sad point of the movie at that point, but that really just puts it down. Oh, thing. boy. But it's kind of great, because... It's cool. Basically, as the movie progresses, we're introduced to Jesse, um, Bullseye, and the Prospector, Stinky yes. Pete. And um, they're part of what he discovers that he used to be on a TV show. Or his, you know, his his uh, toy used to be on a TV show called Woody's Roundup. Mm-hmm. And the collector that's kidnapped him has this collection of all the other toys from it. And so he meets like this family he didn't know he had. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if it's like. It almost feels like, and this guy could be completely stretching, but like an adoption metaphor of like, mm-hmm. I have, I am reintroduced to the people that I, that I'm supposed to be with yeah. type of thing. And what does that mean for me as a, as a human or as a toy in this situation? Yeah. Like, do I, am I required to feel a certain way or do I have to, do they have to earn it? It's kind of fascinating if you think about the family dynamic of that. Um, yeah. 
And I lost my train of thought with where I was before that because that sort of hit me. Yeah. Uh, well, we get introduced to a few new characters. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Jesse and Bullseye. Jesse is a cowgirl. I can't figure out if she's supposed to be like a little sister or a romantic interest. I think they treat it as a little sister yeah. type of thing for this. I think I always wanted Jesse to be a girlfriend. Yeah, it sort of makes sense because they're both cow folks. Yeah, they both wear cow vests. But I like that they're not because that's too easy. And he's it got is. Bo Peep. Yeah, he's or he got a girl. Um, and Bullseye's like a dog slash horse. Yeah, Bullseye's the best. <laughs> really cute. He doesn't talk. No. All but the he has other a tongue, animals talk. Which really freaks me out. Yeah, that can taste things. Yeah. We can, we kind of learn they can smell and taste and get allergies in this one. Oh yeah, they have like asthma problems. Um, Stinky Pete. Yeah, the pronounced. Oh, Jesse is voiced by John Cusack. Very recognizable yes. voice. So good. Very emotive. Yeah, she's so good. Um, Stinky Pete's played by Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> which is funny. I definitely didn't recognize that. Al, the toy collector, the chicken guy. Played by Wayne Knight. He's Newman in Seinfeld. Okay, I could not remember that name. I never know his real name. But he I looks this like his character is the same as him. I think they kind of seems to have modeled it after him. He's yeah. also my favorite thing is in Jurassic Park. He's like the guy who tries to sell the serum. He's always like the shady. He's the bad guy. Yeah, but he gets eaten by a the cool like dinosaur. You couldn't oh, see what I did, but I the fan one. Yeah, with the fan around his head. And then um, Barbie, who I know shows up in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Played by Jodie Benson. Barbie's dope. Isn't Jodie Benson the name of the person who was Ariel? Hold on. I have something to look up. I might be totally making this up. Oh my god, yeah, she played Princess Ariel. Really? Yeah. That's cool. She sings, oh, that's why her voice is so recognizable. Oh, that's so cute. A little... Uh, yeah, so they kind of expand the world of toys in this one. Yeah, we were we were limited to Andy's na- house and neighborhood pretty exclusively in the first one. And none of them were licensed toys. They're all like made up toys. Oh, yeah. Except for Mr. Potato Head. There's a few like the, uh, I think the Etch-a-Sketch. Etch-a- okay, and... never mind. I take it back. <laughs> but I feel like when Toy Story was coming out, it was the first computer animated movie. People were, I'm sure, super hesitant to give them anything. Totally. And then after the first one crushed it, yeah. they were probably like, please, please, please. Put please. Barbie in this. Yeah. Put, I, what other recognizable, that was it actually. But Barbie must be huge. Like, Barbie in the 90s was the toy. Yeah. So I bet that was a when crazy movie come good. out? 99? Uh, I think so. This is like, Pete. yeah, holy crap. What were you doing in 1999? Um, Besides... Probably um, watching Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, over and over. <laughs> to be quite honest. Wait, well, that came out in 1991? It came out in Oh. Episode 1? Yeah. Which one is that again? <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> The it's one with little Anakin. <laughs> we do not have to talk about. Um, oh, okay. I remember that one. Um, yeah, I was definitely playing with Barbies. That's for damn sure. Okay. Oh, let's talk about toys. Let's talk about toys. More toys. Well, I know we. I mean, I actually don't know if we did this or not, but I'm assuming in our Toy Story episode we talked about favorite toys. 
We could look it up, but that's a lot of work. And I don't want to We should know to it, so we'll just... <laughs> yeah, I sort of thought it'd be interesting to talk about... There's a, The yard sale at the beginning sort of is the catalyst of the story that moves everything into to craze mode. Yeah. Um, do you have memories of toys that you broke or grew out of or gave away that devastated you or from like a nostalgia sake that you still remember and are sad about losing? I should have thought of something. <laughs> Um, I had a, this isn't really, this isn't a toy, but I had this, um, I remember this vividly. I had a catalog with a bunch of Barbies in it. Like it was like a insert in the newspaper. And I, all I remember is that my mom vacuumed up the thing and that, oh, you know what? I had this, um, this little doll. She was like, we called her Raggedy Ann, but she wasn't a Raggedy Ann. That's like a licensed character, I think. She was, like, a doll that had, like, a purple jumper on, and she was, like, probably, like, two feet tall, and she was all made of, like, cloth, and she had really long braided hair, or really long, like, stringy yarn hair, kind of like Jessie's hair, and I used to swing her around and, like, play with her all the time. She was floppy, just like Jessie, but, like, big, huh. and uh, my mom cut all her hair off. Why'd you do that? I'm sure it was because the hair was, like, like making, making a, mess. a big tangled mess <laughs> everywhere. That's kind of horrifying, sure. though. Yeah, she looked very creepy. I was trying to think, I had a weird phase as a kid where I would buy, around, actually around the time of this movie, I would buy Star Wars action figures and I would keep them in their boxes and I would hang them around my room like, uh, where you'd have crown molding. It would be just, I mean, it was the entire way around Star Wars toys. And like Star Wars Pez suspense, like anything Star Wars. Really? Uh, toys. And I remember the devastating part was my brother one time uh, came in while I was gone to camp and he opened a bunch. <gasps> And like it's not Is like it's older very. Or younger he's you? younger. Mm. He's four years younger, so he would have been like five or six. Mm. But it was this idea, like there's no way to hide it. Like I had them spaced, like they were next to oh each other. Oh my god! And so that was pretty. I was pretty mad about that. So, what what compels a young child to buy a bunch of toys or get a bunch of toys and then never play with them? Like, what was your goal? I don't know. I just thought it was so. I think at that point I was, I was. Making, I was already making stuff with a camera. Oh. And I did a lot of stop motion, but I did a lot. I was like making movies with my friends. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know what it was about toy. I'm trying to think if there was a movie that I saw that was like you should collect these, or if that was just. Yeah. Like, I mean, Pokemon was the you know the craze then, so I think collecting was like my game. Um, so I just kept them on my wall. Interesting. It's very weird. It's funny to look back. I mean, it makes sense why my brother did that. Cause I was like, why is this human? Yeah. In the other room, keeping these great toys locked away. Oh. And then I remember I had a great, I had a, a Pikachu that talked. That was oh. awesome. And um, there's one toy I still think about. There was a show on TV that I could research and learn what it actually was called. <laughs> but it was about, it was these high schoolers, maybe even younger, maybe middle schoolers or younger. Uh, but they would go into a computer as robots. It was all live action. They would go into their computer as these crazy like mech robots and fight computer viruses. Oh. And I had a toy from that. Oh. And it was accidentally sold at a yard sale while I was gone. And I still think about that toy. That's literally what happened to Woody. Yeah. Except for he was stolen. Kind of, yeah. Wasn't as exciting. Uh, but I Wait, how did it, Oh, that breaks my heart. I think I made a pile and Yeah. I don't I I'd love to just throw my brother under the bus and be like, probably he touched it and put it there. 
Um, but I still think about that toy. That's really sad. I also had a weird thing. This is completely off topic, but my parents would have yard sales, and then I would try and buy stuff. <laughs> like, there was cool stuff I didn't know about. Like, my dad had this really cool old shaving kit. Aww. I'm like, I must be like seven. And yeah. they'd be like, can I buy that? And they'd be like, no, <laughs> you can't. Oh, I don't, we went to a lot of garage sales, like every weekend, but we, I think we had one once. Okay. I don't. We did neighborhood ones. Oh, like. We were all really close with our neighbors and we'd have like a block party garage sale. Whoa. It was pretty cool. What's a good like garage sale find? I don't know. I would just get toys and books. Lots of books. Yeah. And sometimes board games, but I quit doing that because I remember we would get puzzles. Oh my God. And they wouldn't be completable because of that's my nightmare. I just started doing a puzzle. Really? Uh, like three days ago. Because I feel like I was getting stupid. So I wanted to do something that would like make brain my brain tease. feel smart. And it does. Like, every time you match a piece together, it feels freaking awesome. Are puzzles alive in the Toy Story universe? Oh, God. Maybe once they're assembled. Okay. That somehow makes me feel better. No, but then they get broken up. Yeah. We had a neighbor who did giant puzzles, and he would super glue them after. So oh. they were like... Framed in his garage. I think we had a neighbor like that too. I don't remember why I remember these people, but I remember those framed puzzles and it like bugged me. Yeah, me too. I feel like this kid that I knew like was in the newspaper because he assembled so many puzzles. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. That's actually pretty awesome. Um, one time at, an, at a uh, storage unit sale, I got like pretty much every single print edition of an Archie comic ever made. Whoa. Like not... Like the skin, like the the ones that look like actual books, not like comic books. Yeah. Like they're like compact. The ones that you buy, like that used to be like next to the gum at the yes. grocery store. Exactly. Like every single Betty and Veronica, Jughead, Double Digest, Archie and Friends. Like literally, we had a bookshelf in our garage, full. T- and I think the family gave me them for free because, of course, like no one else wanted oh. all these books. Yeah. And I've read I've read pretty much every single Archie comic. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. That's you did it. Now they're probably worth a lot of money. Maybe I doubt it because they yeah. weren't. They weren't like <laughs> like the paper. originals. They yeah. were like almanacs or what? What's that called? Like when you yeah, compile yeah, like, uh, the omnibus. I think yeah. is what they call it. Matt. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the, so I was about nine when this came out. I'm also mm. in the phase in my life where I feel like I was moving over to like from toys to video games. Oh. I was collecting toys, playing video games. Okay. Did you have a, a shift like that? In that regard, from like, do you remember when you shifted from toys to whatever was next? To like computer? Yeah. Um, I, I think at a certain point, probably around the same age, it started to feel like it wasn't cool to play with toys anymore. Yeah. Which is super weird because Toy Story was like the biggest movie, but. Yeah. Well, I just, I, don't know. I remember I always loved playing Barbies. Like, I loved it. I had a bunch of Barbie furniture and I would always play with them with my sister and we had we mm-hmm. build like wonderful stories and then uh, after a while it stopped seeming like it would be cool to get a new barbie like yeah. i didn't want to tell my friends that i got a new one even though i'd still be getting them yeah for christmas like weird... and birthday and i remember wow after you stop like asking for for barbies and that kind of stuff at for christmas or for your birthday yeah it's like every other gift just kind of sucks you just like want that back but you're like yeah you've committed to being gone from it yeah and i don't know that i would love it i would i walked down the barbie aisle the other day yeah Yeah. i still go through the toy aisles at like target they have cool stuff man Some awesome stuff 
like I saw this thing that was like it's shaped like a giant pill, which is maybe a problem. <laughs> uh, um, and the and it was like a mystery of what was inside, and it could have been like any like it showed you the possibilities of what the toy could be. Oh, the thought of that is like so That's cool to me. Awesome. My brother always had the coolest toys. Like he had a really dope. He was a big toy guy. Did you share toys, or you sounds like you no. I didn't. My sister and I had to share. I think we were supposed to, but I would play, we would play together, but like we didn't share, like they were his. Yeah. You know, quote unquote. Yeah. We have divided. our own Barbies. Yeah. Like she'd get the brown hair version of the doll and I'd get the red yeah. hair version or whatever. But I think, I think that mindset is probably where Andy is, is approaching in his life in Toy Story World. Yeah. He because, seemed pretty eager to bring Andy to camp. Yeah. But he, it's, it's interesting knowing what comes next, but even rewatching this, knowing what happens in Toy Story 3, some of the conversations hit a little harder because they talk about like, you know, when Buzz and Woody are together at the end and he says something along the lines of, you know, we'll be together to infinity and beyond and whatever happens when Andy's tired of us, like we'll be together at least. And you're like, whoa, we're about to, wa- we're going to watch that happen in the next one. Also, how do they, how could they possibly know that? I mean, I guess with stuff, they probably not something you think about because they have no concept outside of Andy's room, but meeting yeah. someone like Jesse who has like this past trauma yeah. Which is even more loaded. Yeah. This trauma of being like abandoned by the person that loved her. But then this idea that like she can find love again. Yeah. Dang, if you really break Rebirth. that down, there's like some some stuff there's to it. Which like, maybe we should. Yeah, there's some religious elements. Is that what you're thinking about? I don't even know religious or just like the idea of I mean, not an actual relationship, because it's more like you know, their best friend type of thing with her. Emily was her. Yeah. Person. Yeah. The idea of like being abandoned without any, you know, like losing a friend without any question. And there's no remorse from one end because they don't know that the toy is alive. Yeah. But I feel like if you take that to real life, that can be a thing where like sometimes friendships fade and it's no one's fault inherently. Yeah. But one person might be really hurt from it. One person might just go on from it. Tag yourself. I'm Jesse. <laughs> Does that make me Emily? <laughs> oh. I like to imagine I'm Woody or Buzz and that I'm like, until we die. <laughs> Friends forever. Until we die. Mm, adult until friendships die. are tough, man. Until we die. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. That is crazy. Yeah, it almost it starts to bridge the thing of adult friendships. We're like, we'll do this as long as it works. And then it's, that's that. I don't feel like you're supposed to be friends with everybody forever. No, I don't think you can. I think you, I mean, there's no time. We're out of time. Mm-mm. But also, like, I don't, I never take it as offensive. So she just grow apart, and yeah. that becomes that. Though I do sort of feel like the friends you make that like last you through like your twenties kind of become the people that you're going to see. Yeah. Because you put the most. That's the last. That's like the last we have like a lot of time to put commitment into a friendship. Like you'll still make friends. I think my parents yeah. still make friends. Yeah. But the idea of like being like really close with people. They're under a different set, set of like rules that yeah. you make new friends. Cause you're all figuring out life together. Uh-huh. And then like the next stage is like whatever you choose to do next, whether it's like family or career and like that will make you have a different life type of thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh boy. Toy Story 2 is loaded. It's maybe we're just I making it. Really like equipped to handle. <laughs> uh, were there any, any uh, scenes in this movie? I know the answer to this, but I'm setting you up. Okay. I'm like tossing you a curveball. Not a curveball. Uh, 
Just a ni- an underhanded pitch. Un- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to watch A League of Their Own again. Uh, any scenes in this movie particularly that stood out to you as memorable or visually appealing or whatever? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny to come from... Because we didn't watch Bugs Life. I haven't seen Bugs Life in many years. But coming from Toy Story 1 to this, pretty soon after each other. It's cool to see their improvements, but you can also tell that sometimes they just want to show off. Yeah. And like, kind of cool ways. You're talking um, in the sense of, like, animation? Yeah, where they're mm-hmm. just like, look what we can do. Yeah. Oh, my bumping this table, sorry. My, uh... Let me just write that. <laughs> just so I know, it makes it so much breezier. 28-ish. My favorite scene in this movie is the scene where Woody's been damaged, and the kidnapper slash collector hires a guy to come in and, like, give him a paint job and mm-hmm. stitch him up. Spurs and him it's up, the yeah. most satisfying mm-hmm. scene. Like, he cleans his eyes, and they become glossy. And you can and see the reflection re-paint. in the eyes. Yeah. That's nuts. They're, like, showing... I mean, on an animation level, they're like, check it out. Yeah. But on, like, a visceral level, I'm also, like, kid, it makes me sleepy. Uh-huh. Like, the little machine he puts on that uh, sprays the paint. And it's oh. like... Yeah. It's like ASMR. It is. It's exactly ASMR. Which it's awesome. I know people probably think is like a weird sex thing, and it's not. <laughs> it's just a, it can be a pleasant. I listen to ASMR videos every night before bed. I'm not ashamed of it. That makes, I mean, I do white noise and then like low music. Oh, wow. I like white noise. Do you have to have it on the whole time while you're sleeping? Just the white noise. The music just chills me out. What kind of music? Um, weirdly, really, I like really soft, really sad music. Not because it I, makes me sad, but there's something about like the honesty of sad lyrics that like okay. makes me like think, and then I get tired and go to sleep. But cool. like Sufjan Stevens, lately it's been Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dacus and uh, Julian Baker and like Andrew Bird, just like really like soft, melodic, with, like maybe a violin with like headphones in. Like no, we have like I have a little speaker in the bedroom, oh. and I have it really low where I can barely hear it, but I know it. Interesting. It's strange, but... I actually think the way that people fall asleep is, like, so interesting. The white noise I need, though. Like, I have an app on my phone that if I could travel... If you travel? Though it's not the same. I have one of those cool, like, physical uh-huh. white noise machines, and I know they make a, a travel one. I need to get it because yeah. it changes. I can't have... If there's, like, silence in a room I'm trying to sleep, it, I, my brain goes into overdrive. Whoa. Just think, I think about everything. I think I need something to concentrate on that, like... In college, I lived on basically on like Greek Row, like mm-hmm. the row where all the fraternities and all the parties were. Ooh. And I thought it was going to be awful, but I had the best sleep ever at that place because it was just like loud people walking by. I love like street noise, like yeah, city noise. That may have been the case in when I lived in Chicago in the dorms. We were next to the train, oh. and I thought it would wake me up. But I think the sound of like the city was a nice help me sleep somehow. I love that there's a way for people to interact with us. I'm already going to like write a list. Like first, if you're listening and you want to talk to us, a great thing I would love to hear from people is a favorite toy that they had growing up. Yeah. A favorite toy that you have, but if you have a story like of regret or loss of a toy that like you still think about. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like a lot of people have that one where they're like, there was this thing or there was this toy I always wanted and I never got and I don't know what it was. That is a good prompt. Um, and then the second one is, how do you fall asleep? <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting to me. <laughs> is it to Toy Story ASMR? Oh, yes. So that is a very impressive scene. 
I like that's the one I don't know why it stands out to me. That you mentioned and, when we were watching it that you when you were growing up you always wished you had that little set. Yeah, one because the set even the sounds of the set come into life. I don't know what I would have done with it. No, I was as a kid. One thing as a kid into a teenager, I really loved model making. Oh, so I would take I would build like. Star Wars ships and like Gundam wings and uh, I played like Warhammer 40k but I never played the game I just built the models and I'd paint them so what does a what does a kit like that look like like a, if you buy like so like Star Wars model kit it comes like it's all these flat plastic pieces and you break them off with these little it looks like a giant grid and you break off the little pieces and you put it together slowly with instructions oh okay. it's really tedious but like insanely satisfying like a puzzle. Yeah, it's like it's like a three D puzzle with directions, and then you you put it together, and then it's like a pretty good sized model, and then sometimes I would paint it, depending. Sometimes you sometimes they were pre painted, but sometimes I'd paint them. Oh, uh, it's really satisfying. And I now that I've talked about it, I absolutely am going to buy one of those for myself because that sounds awesome. I want to see it. Do you have any in here? I don't because wherever you build them is where they're going to live. Um, oh, they don't move well. Oh, um, they're very fragile. Okay. I bet you. I bet like real in-depth model makers have like glue and stuff they use to like reinforce it. But yeah. I just wanted to build them. So this kit that this guy uses, it feels like it was built specifically for restoring Woody's. Like it. Oh, it's beautiful. Like he has like a little chair. Yeah. That he sits him on. He's got a little like thing to put his hat on comes up. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that that guy ha- makes. No, a whole it's like career. a Mary Poppins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it changes every time for every toy. Maybe. I like that. And the guy that comes, I know that in the Pixar world, he's the guy from one of their first shorts where the guy's playing chess with himself. Oh. It's the same old man. What a cute little Easter egg. He's a cute old man. I love that. I like that scene a lot. I also loved the traffic scene where they're underneath the traffic cones. <laughs> that was awesome. chaos. Like, and every, li- every frame, every like corner of the frame has like something going on. Some horror. Yeah. And the toys are like, we did it. I would love to see that from... The human side. Yeah. Where there's just chaos and there's these cones moving. But also how dumb. Like, you see a bunch of cones and so you just follow them for no reason. Like, come on. You, just, you think you'd run into them so you would have killed the toys? Yes. Okay. And I wouldn't have felt anything. Heard it here first. If you didn't like, know they were alive. Especially the one where it's like the cones are in a U shape and the car just does a U turn and goes the wrong. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Those are really good drivers. I think maybe you're not giving them enough credit. They're just like they trained really professionals. Good. Do you need a glass of water? Yeah. No, I'm okay. <laughs> okay. I thought about it, but it's too far. <laughs> um, well, as far as this movie, I know that I just, the one thing I looked up was that it was originally going to be direct to DVD. Yeah. Most Pixar apparently sequels were that way, or Disney. I think no one knew. There were only two movies in. They're probably working on this as Bugs Life. Toy Story was the first Pixar movie? Yeah. Did Okay, I probably knew that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it in the first thing. It was the first Pixar feature film. It was the first computer animated feature film ever. Oh my god. So I just think like no one knew what was coming. Like that was going to be a thing that worked. I need to do work- more puzzles. My brain is like so <laughs> fucked. They, I mean, they work on these for years, and they overlap. So, like, Toy Story 2 is happening while Bugs Life is, like, being finished. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of feel like they didn't really know. And Disney back then had a track record where they would release sequels straight to DVD. So there's, like, The Lion King 2 and The Lion King 1 and a half about, like, Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, And, like, yeah. that's why, like, Little Mermaid 2, like, exists, but, like, not many. Like, our 
I feel like our generation didn't really watch those as much. Mm-mm. There was a few like Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar I used to watch. Oh. But they're all ones that were just like straight to VHS and then straight to DVD. Yeah. And I think Disney thought they'd be the same with this. But I imagine you watch, you know, you start watching stuff from this and you're like, oh no, this is, this belongs, that people should see this in the theater. Yeah. The Wikipedia article said that they, once it started to look like it was actually going to be a really good story. Yeah. They changed their mind, and then they had to do the whole thing in like nine months or something crazy. Yeah. So to take a sidetrack, my favorite story about Toy Story 2 that you also know about is the Toy Story 2 was deleted twice. Once on accident and once on purpose. On pur- I don't think I knew that it was deleted on purpose. Okay. So the first time... Well, the first time I believe... I think it, was the, I think it happened this way first. They had made most of the movie and were not satisfied with it. Oh. So they started from scratch. This movie? Yeah. Um, which is probably why it went from DVD into a full thing. And that's oh. why they had such a limited time because they had to redo the whole movie. Oh my God. And then when they were redoing the movie, I believe it's this way. It could be the reverse, but I believe it's this way. When they were redoing the movie, um, a programmer put in a wrong line of code, complete little mistake, and it started to delete the movie. And I listened to an interview and I read a, an interview with, some of the people that were working on Toy Story 2. And they said that they would be working and all of a sudden something would disappear off their screen. So they'd be editing a scene with like Woody and his hat would disappear. Oh my God. And they're like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden like Ham would disappear. Uh. And so they were just watching it happen and so they were like calling to like unplug the system because it was being deleted from the main Oh my God. Thing. And this is the 90s so computers are different and huge and backups are not as prevalent as today and they're making backups but the way that they do it wasn't like the protocol you might do now um so they had lost an unknown amount of the movie and were freaking out as one might expect and by happenstance one of the anim i believe it's an animator um i have her name oh it was a woman it was a woman (laughs) so a woman by the name of galen susman who was the supervising technical director um she had just given birth to her son and was working from home. And to do that, she had a big workstation at her house. Um, and in that workstation was a full copy of the movie. And so it wasn't attached to the servers. Oh, so it didn't get deleted. Yeah. So her version was a few weeks old, but at that point, it was like the, the best, best they thing they had. So they, they lost some time, but at the same time, didn't lose the movie. Oh, how cool. Um, so, but then what's the set, what's the movie getting deleted on purpose? The first, they just restarted it. They weren't happy with it, so they started over. Oh, duh. And I okay. believe that was first, and then okay. by happenstance, it happened again. Wow. But yeah, um, Galen saved the day. working so hard on something and then watching it disappear in front of your eyes? Yeah, that must be horrifying. Oh, you know what? No, it was the opposite. I'm, I scrolled through. So it got deleted first like that, and she saved the day. But then it says, after the deletion and restoration of Toy Story 2, the team was likely hoping for an uneventful path to release. But it was not to be. In the Christmas of 98, after the release of A Bug's Life, when promotional tour was done, the directors uh, all came to look at Toy Story 2, and it was not a good film. They dedicated winter vacation to rewriting the project almost entirely from the ground up. Production shut down, and the team repitched the movie. Um... And oh, and that's why they had nine months. Yeah. Wow, okay. Holy crap. So I was reversed. My apologies. Yeah, well, don't do it again. Let me let this freaking plane pass. I might try and edit myself where I don't say that backwards. But we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so they recovered it and then would end up deleting it anyway because they started back from the ground up, which is pretty crazy. According to um, the interview, the only things that stayed the same were the toys that were in it and the idea of Al's Toy Barn, but everything else was rewritten. Ugh, Al's Toy Barn is so creepy. Yeah, should we? Pun- I guess we haven't really punched through the movie. Um, we can kind of go, I don't know, talk about what horrible things it makes us think about as an adult as we move through it. Yeah. Right? So we oh. talked about the beginning and we sort of catch up with everyone and then we're at the, the yard sale. And yeah. There's the kidnapping. Yeah. That guy's a monster. Yeah. Uh, ew. I, like, do not get him. Like, he seems, like, relatively successful. Like, he's got a big store. But he seems to hate it. And he does commercials for it every week, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's not I how to, commercials for work. public access or something. And, and, like, a penthouse across the street. Yeah. He seems really shady. And it sounds like his toy thing is, like, a cheap, like... But Barbies are not cheap. No. It just looks like nobody's there ever. Yeah. Which maybe that's telling of the times. Oh, boy. Um, He's the villain, and they sort of of pull a a number on us, because we think he's the villain, but then it turns out there's another villain, the Prospector. Oh, yeah. But, to the Prospector's credit, his intentions make sense. He's still the villain in the way of what our characters want, but he's someone trying to... Like, his past is just as bad as everyone else's. Yeah. Where he talks about he was on the shelf and no one ever bought him. He watched everyone else leave and he was left unwanted. Right. And so he just wants to find a place that wants him with these other... And he knows he can't get it without the others. Yeah. So he's a villain, but like a villain of sad circumstance. Yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah, it's still... You're still rude against him, but at the same time you feel bad. But he's still mean. Oh yeah, he's still awful. He like... Beats people and rips Woody again. and Yeah, what the fuck was that? It was really mean. Jesse is um, adventurous and eager to love again. Yeah, I think she wants to find and be loved platonically. Yeah. And maybe at the end, she just wants romantically to by Buzz. Yeah, do Buzz and Jesse like, hook up? I don't want to spoil three, but... I'm so excited. I mean, there is... How long until Toy Story 3, for real, though? <laughs> In real life, it's 11 years. Jesus. Um, so we have 11 f- years? We, got, we have to go through... It's 2010, so we have to go through all of the 2000 Tom before we... All the Da Vinci Codes? Is that what you're uh, talking Only <laughs> the first one or two. <laughs> okay. I think the third one was recent. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. But they... So there's the thing moves forward. The toys, all of... And Woody's friends find him and they try and save him. Yeah, but I mean, Woody has to make a choice and he's already kind of made the choice. Yeah, does that does that work for you? I wanted to talk about that. It's very realistic and very pragmatic. Yeah. I don't see Woody as pragmatic or realistic though. It's, it's interesting. His choice is do I... Because everyone, Jesse and the Prospector and uh, Bullseye basically all say if Woody doesn't come, they go back into storage because the only way they can get... What they want is in a complete set, which includes Woody. Yeah. So Woody, who's now become friends with them, um, would have to abandon them to go back to his, with his other friends back at Andy's. But since this is sort of their first foray, I mean, they've been in the real world with like Pizza Planet and Sid's house. Yeah. But this idea that it eventually ends seems kind of new. It's kind of the crux of this movie. Yeah. Um, and then really the crux of the next movie. Uh, I don't know. They bring up a fair point 
of like eventually that ends with this it's forever in a museum like with people that you I mean just met but yeah it's it's like a a long-term safety like I don't know if this really ties in but is it is it better to have loved and lost or to never have loved at all yeah like is it better to have as much good times as you can with Andy and then eventually like who knows what will happen or is it better to like go the safe route where you know what the plan it's like a metaphor for everything career family relationships I don't know the realist in me wants to say that he should have just gone to the museum it would have been safe there yeah it's so it's so tough to gauge because we know from the first movie and the first chunk of this movie like those are his closest friends so I feel like I feel like he, in a way the museum is is kind of a selfless thing because he's ultimately doing it. I mean for himself, but also for the others because without him they don't get their end. If that yeah. makes sense. That's a tough one. It is. And then it's tough because when they arrive to save him, he says he's not coming. Yeah. And they sort of try and like fight him on it and like tell him like why it's important and it doesn't work and like they like respect it and they leave they're sad but they leave yeah and then he has to change a heart yeah um so they make it back everything seems to be okay well before they make it back though I don't remember there's the airport oh I oh, for, I forgot about it too because remember <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie okay yeah what were you gonna say about the airport no just there's visually crazy airport scene it reminded me of um Monsters Inc with all the doors yeah when they go in the baggage area that's kind of cool. It's a pretty crazy, again, just like, where can, where, where can we go now? We have all this freedom and animation. Let's go to the airport. Ha. Ah, that would be so hard to do that. I don't know the first thing about animation. Like, I truly know nothing. But I can't imagine that all those moving pieces is, like, easy. It's pretty great. Yeah, I definitely didn't remember that scene at all. That really stressed me out when they were in the, <laughs> um, on the wheel. Yeah, it, um... Just kind of keeps compounding. Everything keeps going wrong. Like a little thing will go right and then four other things go wrong. I've said this before. I know that I have. That I understand why conflict exists in movies and in storytelling. Like I understand the point of it. Yeah. But I hate it. And I would just rather watch a nice movie of like everything going the way that it should. You would love the movie Patterson. Yeah. With Adam Driver. Okay. It's just him living life. See, I when you get like so interested in these characters... In, like, the Toy Story, how they get up and they hide every day. How did they learn to do that? And, like, how did Bo Peep and Woody fall in love? And, like, all that, all those little stories. You want, like, prequels that really dive into that. With no danger. It would kind of, I almost feel like if they really went into the details of how they learned how to exist as toys would, like, ruin it. Because he would be like, well, now I know this doesn't work in this movie. Because they said it was this thing and it's not. Oh, yeah. But maybe I'm just being cynical. Maybe. Well, I'd be curious. Well, they they make it they make it back. They put Prospector in a in a backpack in the baggage chute, and he gets to go home with with some like girl who seems to be kind of like Sid. No, but she's just like she's an artist, and yeah, I think that freaks that that, that scares him. <laughs> she's just gonna get like painted on. He's just gonna chop his hair off. And they come back, and everything's everything's a okay. Yeah, for now. For now. Okay, you know what I did not like of this yeah. movie. Do you know what I'm going to say? Was it the last? Yeah. 
There's the a credits. The yeah, the credits is really weird. The credits are the thing when there's like fake bloopers. I hate that. I like really hated that. <laughs> it it definitely is like a very weird tonal shift. It's not funny because it's not real. I think it's probably as a kid. As a kid, I liked it. I thought the first one was funny because it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then they just kept doing it. And you and I were just sitting here in silence, like, okay. How long is this? None oh, of these are credits. really yeah. demanding. Well, then we can, we can cut back from that and talk things we didn't like. You yeah. want to start with that, that one? Well, yeah, I just hated those fake bloopers. I, it, like you said, it was a weird shift in tone. It like, I don't like to think of the toys as being like actors that have lines. Like, I don't like that. Yeah, it kind of ruins the illusion. Yeah, and it just, it's like, the, the reason I find bloopers to be funny is because they're like, it's funny watching other people laugh and like genuinely having fun. Well, there's also a blooper that, in terms of things that, what I didn't like were like things that have now not aged so hot. Oh, yeah. And there's a blooper of like the prospector with like two Barbies and like talking about like, you know, oh, you're twins. Like, I think I could tell you apart. And then like when they, you know, it's a blooper. So like he sees the camera and he's like, oh, I was just giving them some acting advice. With, like, the world that we're currently in. Ew. And, like, what we know about the director of this, who's John Lasseter, same as the first movie, who's mm-hmm. had allegations against him that have made him leave uh, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, very weird. Yeah, I mean, there's a specifically a line saying, like, maybe I can get you guys into Toy Story 3 if yeah. they do this right. It like, seems like, I mean, that is like maybe Weinstein. too easy, but, like, yeah, Harvey, I was going to say the exact same thing. You know something I've always regretted? What? I've always... I've always regretted the very first episode that you and I did, the big episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about why we love Tom Hanks. And I said that the reason that I love Tom Hanks is because he's not Harvey Weinstein. But then I was a chicken, and I asked you to cut that part out because I didn't want to get political on the show, and I didn't want to like make a big statement. Um, and I regret that because that's an important thing to recognize about Tom. Yeah. That for whatever reason, he's one of the good guys in Hollywood who isn't exploiting young people, women, minorities to get ahead. And uh, there are a lot of garbage people who are doing that. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of them. And I've, I, I know those stories and I feel them. And I wish that I hadn't asked you to cut that out. And I, um, I don't know. What are you? I don't know. I just think about that a lot. I wish... Because it's true. That's kind of a big reason of the appeal for Tom, for me. Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're coming back year two, like, that's the new statement. Yeah. Be forward with it. And it makes sense. Like, a thing like this has that tainted nature to it. Yeah. It's, like, such a thing of purity as we look at it, and then we know about the people involved in it who were, like, shady. Doing... Well, and it makes me sad that I would have watched that movie four years ago, Toy Story, whatever, this Toy Story 2 yeah. in that credit, and, like, thought it was kind of funny, like, oh, ha, ha, yeah. men in Hollywood, you know them. But there's, like, some poor lady who's living that reality, some poor woman, poor man, whoever, that's living that reality and feeling like they have no way out. Yeah, and at the same time, like, as a time capsule, it's really interesting because then we now have to look back and watch this and be like, a PG movie can throw that in as an off joke for the parents. Yeah. Of like, eh, that's how things were. And yeah. we now have to look back and be like, wow, how did we let that happen? Yeah. So it almost holds us responsible for it, which is kind of interesting as like a piece of, of, of the world in 1999 that continued, I mean, was before, but also like continued until last year when it was finally like, no. Yeah. 
We're not going to laugh at jokes like that. Yeah, like a Disney movie. I mean, I know Disney has a history of stuff like that, and I, you know, whatever the intention was, it's still very strange to, like, look back and see that. Yeah. And it's kind of, for other things in the movie that I think haven't aged as well, it's like a lot of, I mean, minus Jesse being the, like, there's no other women in the in the movie except Bo Peep. Oh, that's right. And Bo Peep and Mrs. Potato Head, but both of their roles are, like, the loving, supportive women yeah. Who, like kiss them goodbye and wave and have like very sexualized and Barbie obviously which yeah oh, is, like, Barbie sexualized times a million yeah I didn't mean no women in the movie I meant uh, when there's few Main but it's, it's totally. the way that they are portrayed yeah. I think Jesse's fantastic and has like a really complex and deep backstory and like until the end is not anything about a relationship outside of like wanting platonic love which I think is just human yeah just to be accepted but like Mrs. Potato Head's whole thing is like jokes about being like an overbearing wife mm-hmm. and Bo Peep is. Bo Peep, I yeah, guess. Yeah, she's... That's it. And she's Barbie's funny, toy. but... Did we talk about that? She's, she's like a lamp. A, yeah, she's like a scary porcelain figure. Okay, I'm sure we talked about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is strange. Yes. And also the degree of, like... Like, he tells Jesse on the plane, like, Oh, no, Andy has a younger sister. Like, the oh, yeah. gender dynamic. Yeah. Which I think is, that's just... That's how things was. Not yeah. that it was... Not that it's okay. Or however, you know, people approach that in, in parenting. But it is weird. Like, even in the movie, they're like... Jesse's a girl's toy, but at the same time, I like that in the end, it's Andy's toy. Yeah. Like, he she he takes her in. It's just part of the thing. Andy's woke as fuck. Yeah, I mean, he's got Bo Peep as, like, a lamp. That's not, like, a traditional boy thing. No. Dang, he was... Andy maybe Maybe Andy's a little progressive. Yeah. I wasn't giving Andy credit. And those are nitpicky things, but I think it's important to notice them. There's some, like, strange... Yeah. And my only other qualm with the movie is there's a ton of references... From like Star Wars sound effects, there's a ton of Star Wars sound effects. But there's a lot of little references, and they got a little. Maybe it's just because I know them now, but yeah. I was like, okay, I get it. So I didn't know. The only reference I knew was when Klingon or what? Wait, was that the Zork? name of the guy? Zerg. What's the Klingon? That's from Star Wars. Star. <clears throat> the Star Trek. Oh fuck! Why did I think it was a Klingon? Huh. I don't know. I mean, he did do the Star Trek salute to him. So he said, "I'm your father," and then he did the salute. He said, "I'm your father," and then. Later, other later. buzz screams no, but when the other buzz says good, when regular buzz says bye to the other buzz, he gives him the, <laughs> the goodbye. There's a lot of stuff like that, which is cute, but at the same time, I was like, okay, it's like f- for a very specific viewer, yeah, not me, apparently. I guess it's just me, maybe that's why I'm Max. I'm like, Wait, you don't so know what me. sound effects? Um, like the whole opening, like, like the first shot of Buzz and his thing is like Darth Vader's breathing, and when he fires his laser, it's like a TIE fighter sound oh. effect, and when he puts his hand through the like the battery, it's a lightsaber. Interesting. It's like cool. So maybe maybe it didn't, that only happens to specific types of people. But so what about it bothered you? Just that it was. like... Oh, I I just thought used. it was. I was like I was like oh I get it. Yeah, like you, we did it. You don't need to keep doing. Yeah, it. and maybe I'm just being like a fart knocker, but because if it didn't <laughs> affect, then yeah. Um, I didn't even notice that. But I don't know. Outside of that, like it just moves. The pacing is so fluid that uh-huh. you never get bored because stuff mm-hmm. is always in motion. I mean, I don't like how everything just keeps going wrong, but I get that that's a thing. I, I don't know what it is. I'm the opposite. I love that. You do? Style of tension. Doesn't it stress you out? Yeah, but I like it because I like when it's bad and you're like, how are you going to get out of it? And then it just keeps getting worse and they have to adapt. I have to keep remind. truly when I'm watching a movie like this, I have to remind myself that everything works out. Yeah. Because nice I get so anxious. <laughs> I'm like, they're going to get back home. I know this. Yeah. They're not going to have to go to Tokyo. I went to see that movie, Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. 
um, there's no way for me to keep talking about this without spoiling the movie. But anyway, I was very anxious during that movie. <laughs> All right. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I really liked it. I Again, I have no idea how to put it with the first in terms of a rating. Okay, so like, you can't do different things pick. for me. Interesting. And especially talking about them, like, or trying to dissect them on a, the deep, a deeper level that I think the movie tries to get at and I think succeeds. Like, they're about different things and, like, they're so, to me, they're so, like, attached to, like, where I was in my life at that point that they uh-huh. feel almost personal. Yeah. Because it seems like those things were, like, oh, you're making new friends and, like, how do you bridge old friends and new friends and... Yeah, they're totally separate movies that just have the same characters. Yeah. I don't think that's why they're so well regarded. It's not just a redo. It's this taking what you know and love and then like adding new context that makes the shifts. Because the first one does this and that. And this one again is again about identity and like family and friends and more about growing. Fears and change. Yeah. And it hit me. I mean, it didn't hit me the same way as a kid because I didn't really understand it. But it hit me to a degree then. And like it still hits me now where I'm like, wow, now I remember this like more so like what this and that because mm-hmm. even though it's I don't know I think we're all going through that now where we're like what is next type of thing well I know it's coming up next for me <laughs> homelessness <laughs> yeah final thoughts on no it was a treat to watch I I actually do want to compare it <laughs> I like this one a lot better than the first one yeah because I like the graphics better okay and I like Jessie uh, Jessie uh, Jessie is the best inclusion I know she's like I remember not liking her, and I was just texting with a friend who was saying how he likes the third movie because it's not as Jesse-centric. Mm-hmm. I like Jesse as a character. I'm excited to see what happens to her in the third movie because I don't yeah. remember. It's Yeah, I won't spoil it then if you don't remember, but it is... I don't know. Yeah, I like everything that's introduced, and they leave like people that are interesting but away. Yeah. Maybe I do like the second one better. First one's got a lot of great set pieces. I don't like Sid. I don't like yeah. the fucking pizza, all that stuff. I hate that in the first movie. Yeah. It makes me so stressed. <laughs> um, I don't know. I also just like that there were straight in, like the chemistry's already there. I like that we just get them as is immediately. Mm-hmm. It is a pretty crazy pace. That movie is, just flies through. Yeah. It's tough. I'll, I'll think more about it and we'll at Toy Story 3. We'll, yeah. But then we have Toy Story 4 next year, so... Be With Forky. Can't wait. Forky. Okay. Um, on a scale of one to five um, toys. Wow. You really you? <laughs> yeah. Went for it there. Yeah. I'm just really branching out. What would you give this movie? Um, I'd probably put it at like a four and a half out of five. Yeah. I'd probably push a five, but I, I'm going to hold off and say four and a half. Yeah. I have some, I have some pretty minor, but... Some little little bitty issues with it. Yeah, I'd say probably four or four and a half, not five. It's no sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> or you've got mail, which I gave five stars. <laughs> after we after I just shredded it. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Good movie. Highly recommend. We did it. Um. So now it's time for our favorite segment. Hanks happening. Bring um, the noise. Well, I heard a little rumor. Which I'm sure you heard too also. Which is that Tom Hanks is being eyed to play Geppetto in Disney's live action version of Pinocchio. This is really 
important to me. Why? For Level Beyond Tom. Okay. Because... You love Pinocchio? It's not that I love Pinocchio, but Pinocchio is going to be directed by the same gentleman who directed Paddington and Paddington 2. Oh, you love Paddington. And I Paddington 2 is my favorite movie of 2018. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So, is Paddington 2 considered a live action movie? Yes. Okay. So, do you think Geppetto, do you think do you think like Pinocchio is going to be animated? Yeah, I think it'll be like a motion capture thing or something like Paddington. Oh. Which actually makes a lot of sense while he's in for it because it's the same idea of like a small sort of off human thing with human characteristics. So which one's Geppetto? He's the one who makes Pinocchio? Yeah, he's the, he's the puppet builder. Wow, that's so cute. I love that Tom is like in a phase of his career now where he's not like, he was like the little guy and like, the heartthrob and like he's just he does like more mature roles now he does like bridge of spies and then we'll go do Geppetto yeah which and awesome. don't you think like if, if Pinocchio came out like 15 years ago he would have been Pinocchio maybe <laughs> not 15 years ago maybe like 20 years ago that would be pretty bonkers like Sleepless in Seattle Tom plays Pinocchio live yeah, action that would be that. cool he would be great at that think of the way he moves around <laughs> if it was like actually Tom as Pinocchio <laughs> yeah I like that idea kind of scary yeah but I'm into it. Um, That's a great happening. Yeah, it is. When's that movie come out? No, I don't know. Probably, Probably 2020 or something. Yeah. Well, I don't have a talk Tom to us, do you? No, I don't. Yeah. It's I think we have, a cool, we have a cool thing cooking, what we won't spoil. Okay. For a future thing. Yeah. We'll just leave it with that. People, oh my gosh, they'll be on Twitter. Oh my gosh, nonstop buzz. About? Buzz Lightyear. You know how we do. Okay. Well, I think that's it. What's wait? What's our next movie? Ooh, our next I movie think is it's the, the Green, Green Mile. Mile. <laughs> oh no! Our last movie of 1990s Tom, and our last movie of 2018 is the Green Mile. Oh no! So uh, is that? It's like our Christmas episode. Yeah. What? So this comes out on the 5th of December. And the next one will come out on the 19th of December. Oh, boy. And the next one is not till after the new year. So, Green Mile. Okay. Say some prayers for me. That'd be good. I have, that's one I have not seen since I was uh, 15, maybe. So okay. I remember It's very long, little. right? Isn't it really long? I don't know. I feel like it is. We'll, we'll make it through it, I think. Probably not as long as Saving Private Ryan. Anyway, I guess that sums it up. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, or if you want to tell us about your favorite toys that you had, or favorite toys that you've lost, or how you fall asleep at night, which I really want to know. DM me, even if you don't tweet it or whatever. Um, You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Um, We're both pretty active on all that stuff. Um, And we're under the handle... Podhanks Tomcast. Yeah. And we have a website. It's talkintom.com. Talking without the G. It's awesome. And it's great. I designed the one piece of art on that. No, there's there's like our actual logo, which was designed by a professional, and then a really shitty... Oh, look at my phone background. <laughs> Did you make that? No, this girl on Facebook made it and said I could use it. <laughs> I messaged her. I'll post it. It's like a collage of Tom Hanks faces. Yeah. Who did our logo? Jackie Phillips from Precious Beast. And our music, our theme song's done by James Wilcox, who goes by JCW. 
He's a an awesome musician. We link all their stuff in the show notes. Yeah, we do. Go give them your money and listen you to their music and see their art. Toy. They're awesome. They're the reason people, if you ever take a chance, you're like, oh, this. And then we start talking, they're like, oh. Ooh, turn it off. Dang it. Um, yeah, thank you to them both. Thanks, guys. Okay. Well, until next time. I'm Josie. <laughs> I'm Daniel. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Wow, what a ride.